Hey there, good people of the interwebs. Welcome to episode 42. I'll trade you my used clothes for those new ones. In this episode, let's dive in and see what's happened to the refugee companions. The Grey Company is confounded as they leave the Pallid Court. New questions, less answers, no a heat, no payment. The hour is late, conversations wane, arcane energies need to replenish with rest. Aboard a water sled heading home, of a sudden Calidus falls unconscious. What visions plague his white eyes? What pain spasms his body? And why does Elbrum count the coins in Calidus's pouch? A learned Temple of Bastet Priestess is mystified. Her blessed magics of healing, restoration, curse removal, and nothing, nada. How is that possible? And what is this dark secret that Achmenis reveals? Do you want to know more? Then sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons & Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the GM. Come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits, and the all-around good time that comes with this great activity. The cast is... The elf-marked wizard that likes to be out front, Calidus Magnus Lunior. The world-tree-seeking human paladin, Kaelin Vendis. The tiefling paladin, steeped in lore, Achmenis. The Asmar warlock with a strange wrist leaf, Elbrum. And finally, a female knoll cleric that has visions of the restless prophet, Oraki. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using the Fantasy Grounds Virtual Tabletop. So that's the cast. That's the campaign. Now, good people, welcome to the show. It's great to be here once again. Hello, people of the interwebs. Welcome to another session of Embers from a Chimney, where I'm with my good friend Mick. And we're discussing what happened in the episode that we just finished having. Once again, we've managed to finagle our way into having the session immediately after running the session. Because we're good at that. Yeah. So we picked up. I was looking forward to the session because I was waiting and waiting and waiting for something I seeded a long time ago to finally come to fruition. And it required it to be at least 8 p.m. in the evening on the night of your return to past that. And this is where we picked up. We picked up after you guys had just finished your meeting with the pallet court. You'd met Fatma and Jafar. And Jafar, of course, was the Disney's Jafar, of course, because why not? And uh, you had gone and you were just at the entrance to the pallet court talking with your good friend, Barian. And... You had questioned Barian about Ahit and whatnot to try to validate whether or not the information that Fatma had told you was true. And he knew a little bit, and so he, was, he told you something that was divergent from what 
Fatma and Jafar had told you with regard to where Ahit was. So why did they lie? Don't know. But at this point, it was roughly 8.30 at nighttime. Berian, the elf marked who is curious about heritage and enjoys telling other elf marked about his where the elven ancestry comes about, is closing up his shop and you guys decide to take a river sled to head back to your guys' apartment because it's closer and you guys are looking forward to having long sleep a long rest and recover all of your spells which you blew away earlier in the day which is roughly a few sessions ago dealing with abdul haq so as you are heading to one of the river sleds and of course you're taking the river sled because i let you know that the other way to take the earth sled you would have to walk along the hunt and if you walked along the hunt then it's pitch black there there's no ever bright lanterns out in the hunt so you'd have to go through the dark. And that was an option. I'd give you guys options. You guys chose to go to the river sled. As you're walking towards the docks where the river sled is, I had Calidus roll to find out. I had him roll a constitution check. And you needed to get really, really high to not fall unconscious. And you didn't. And so you fell unconscious right there as you started to relax from the adrenaline of being at the pallet court, the meeting with Fatma and Jafar, learning what you did from Berian, thinking about heading back to your apartment to get a good night's sleep. As your mind relaxed, that annoying itch came back. It did. And it knocked you silly. It did. went down like a lead balloon. And that was what I was looking for because I seeded that itch ages ago. I seeded that Itch, when you guys first got back to Perbastet, after the explosion in the desert when you were on the sand ship and Captain Bubbles decided then and there, I'm heading back. We're still going. We're not sleeping here tonight. Let's get out of here. So as soon as you guys got back into Perbastet, I started seeding that you felt this itch. I don't like that concept of itch because that sort of makes me feel like itchy as in I want to scratch myself as opposed to... Well, th- this, this is, is a sense, this is like, it's not an itch like that, it's a sensation. It's the feeling of something that bothers well you, something that you want to scratch, but you can't. That's what I wanted. I wanted to paint the picture of an itch that's there that you just can't scratch, that's annoying. Or is it a nagging sensation in the back of your head? The voice that keeps you up at night? Yeah, I, I don't know. Or is it na- physical, or, physical or. It's definitely mental. mental. It's definitely mental because it's not. The feeling of itching, you, you obviously you need to do, you've got to itch. When you've got an itch, you've got an itch, you, you itch. So in this particular case, it is, I guess you'd say, like a mental itch because there's just nothing you can do. Or at least at the moment, there was nothing you were aware of being able to do. Yeah, nagging thing in the back of my mind. All of a sudden, you fall unconscious. I do. And what happened? Well, on the way down, just before we pass out, we saw an image of... Fatma, not Fatma from the Pallid Court, but Fatma from the Blood Lake, who was dying. Her bracelet that had the real stones on, her real stones, were around the arm of a, a Toscali. And in the hand of the Toscali was my real stone. Fatma was, you witnessed Fatma dying. die, and you seen that she was carrying that her Vril Stones and the, your Vril Stone were now in the hands of... A Toscali? 
Well, you've seen a, a chitinous arm, which the only thing that you could know at the moment would be that having observed a Tuscali would be that it should be a Tuscali. So what else did you, what and, else did you pick up of Interestingly, from that, that, that the way it was described as to what I saw, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but this was almost as I saw it through the eyes of the Tuscali. That's how it came across to me as being described. So that the Tuscali was looking down at its arm and seeing yep. the bracelet and the hand, not her looking at the arm that was held out in front of her, not like it was hanging down or something, as though it was horizontally held yeah, out and looking I, I, down. So, which would be consistent with the kind of thing that Ekmenis was saying about he saw people being disemboweled or... Well, I had specifically Toscali. wanted two things to come from this. One was that ultimately when you witnessed what you witnessed is that I hoped that they were not homogenous. They didn't come across as one homogenous event in terms of these are all happening at the same time. What I wanted it to be was that you seen things, whether or not they were homogenous, you don't know. So Just, you seen her die. You yeah. seen the Tuscali wearing her bracelet and having the real stone in his appendage. Yeah. So, but whether or not those times yes. are, are concurrent, that you don't actually know. No, the, to me, they're not concurrent because there was the, you see the, the real stone in the hand. It's not like she died and the whole thing was, yep. there were just snapshots in time yep. before I blacked out. In the same way that the hearing, the hearing the voice was a snapshot in time. Yep. It was not necessarily the voice of her dying or no, it was just a sound. And the other thing, too, that I wanted you to pick up on, too, was that, well, no, not that I wanted you to pick it up. It's that it's, maybe you don't actually know. I may or may not. Do you remember how to attune to an object? Yes. So you have to short rest in order to attune to it, spend an hour it, focused it, focus on, it, on it in order to attune to that thing. So do you remember there are three ways to break an attunement? Give it away or you separate from it. Separate from it. So Separation. you have to be a distance, a distance away from it or not either so much distance passes between you guys or you, you specifically break the attunement yourself. There's four actually. So you break the attunement yourself. You have to be a distance away from it or you Someone are really not, it's it. not for 24 hours. You, you basically don't have it on you for 24 hours or the final way is someone else attunes Quiet. to it. So now this might be giving way too much, but whatever, we do these things. You gave the real stone away four days ago to Fatma. And the attunement did not episode break. didn't happen. That's right. You've been Which gone. You've been very, very far from it because yeah. Neber was 80 miles from Perbastet, plus the Five pool of blood was... Five days and all that. Yeah, and the pool of blood was another... Yeah, another two days out from the town, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's walking... And it's going through the hills and whatnot. So I think that meant it was, oh shit, how about ten or had, twenty mile, ten mile? Yeah, no, probably no, no, no. It would have been closer to forty for two days, because mm -hmm. normally walking straight yeah, okay. over the plains where there's nothing, no difficult yeah. terrain, you could walk forty miles in a day, which is kind of funny. But anyways, it was a long way away. It was a long ways away. So roughly one hundred and twenty mm -hmm. miles, or as a bird flies, probably about ninety miles away from Perbestet. So I mean, it was far away. And your attunement didn't break. Mm. 
and you didn't break the attunement yourself, so that only leaves one alternative, which is that the Tuscali attuned to it. Right? So, oh, I'm not just, you know, I'm just, I'm just thinking about it. I'm just thinking about that in the context of she didn't attune to it. I mean, and, and she wouldn't because she knew I was coming back to get it. Well, you guys, you guys had said... It's interesting, it's interesting, too, that given that she knew... See, this is... She knew I had a real stone. She knew I didn't know what I was doing with it. And she didn't... When I gave it to her and said, I'll be back to get it in a couple of days... Yeah, you told her you'd be back in a couple of days. She didn't say anything about losing the achievement no. to it or anything like no. that. No, she And didn't. given that she had the knowledge of all of this stuff... Yeah, you would have thought she would have said that. I should have picked up on that. Well, she had no idea that you guys had no intention of returning. And at the time you told but her, just, I think it, you guys it, did intend to return. Yes, but in the same way that if I gave you my special dagger that I'd attuned to, you would have said, you know, you're going to lose your attunement to this and, you know, this is the end of it. You'll never get it back. I've got it. If I attune to it, that's the end of it. It's almost as though she, she would have known that giving her the real stone... Given my knowledge of what was going on, she would have said something. So clearly she's known that you can be large distances from real stones. Mm. The attunement thing is not like a magical weapon that you keep within five feet of you, that kind of stuff. Interesting. So you blacked out and you were completely unconscious. And so, of course, the players tried to... They tried to slap you. They tried to shake you awake. I they tried did, to steal my money. They, they tried to search you while you were laying down yeah. to count how many coins were in your purse. And yeah. they realized that you were carrying 12 pounds worth of coinage, which meant over close to 500 coins in total. Huge amount. A huge amount of coins. And so they didn't bother this. You had a pile of coins. I, I have no idea why Elbram wanted to count <laughs> your coins. I thought that was amusing. But Silhouette Probably tried to, to figure out where it all pull open from. your eyelids and you, you still wouldn't come awake. So I was curious. I really wanted to see what they were going to do. They talked, well, let's go back to the apartment and let's see if a long rest will heal them up and whatnot. And Everybody so, wanted a rest. I mean, that was, yep. yeah, we all want a rest. That's it. Well, because everybody's been talking about, well, the campaign's been go, 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 go. When do we get downtime? And of course, the go, 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 because realistically, it's only a short amount of time. And it's not like it's been six months of go, 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 go. It's you've really only been trying to deal with one thing and going to the pool of blood. I guess your hope had been, this is going to be just a simple as let's go there, take care of business, go back and get in the good graces of the pallet court. Mm -hmm. And for all intents and purposes, that is exactly what it appears to be. But anyways, to my mind, it's, it hasn't really been, Go, 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 go. It's two weeks of in-game over a period of nine, ten months that we've been doing this. Now. Actually, good Lord. End of September will be one year. Yeah. So, in, yeah. In, in we, one year, we we've are, successfully achieved we are almost, a tiny amount of time. Yeah, we're really close to... Yeah, we're 11 months. Yeah. And it's only been two weeks of in-game time. So, from my point of view, and, and this is what I was expressing before we started, was that... Certainly, you guys can take absolutely take downtime. But the fact of the matter is, is you really only had one specific mission to date. And I think the downtime is, is, a, is a combination of we would like some downtime to do some things. Yeah, th- that are not necessarily spells yeah. and stuff like that. And then there's the other downtime, which is that since we left on the sand ship to go to the uh, blood pool, we hadn't actually had any downtime to recover. There had been no... 
Not really. No real sort of because you know, I mean, take a day off, sleep here, do that. You There's got always into, been something had gone wrong. It'd been so it took you from Neber to get to the pool of blood was two days being guided by the shepherd boy, yep. Shump. Getting back no, was a little bit complicated. You guys, the, on, you on guys use your skills. It took you two and a half days to get back. Yeah. When you got back, you decided that you're going to leave. So that meant two and a half days of having left Fatma at the pool. You decided you're going to go back. You started heading back. So it was now uh, basically you were at the three-day marker. There was the explosion yeah. that happened, and then things started to fall dead. The life around you started to fall dead, and Captain Bubbles, like, so the, the and there hasn't here. been a long rest in that whole time. There's been you've, short rests that have fitted had, in. Well, no, you've had long rests. Like when you were hiking, you had your long rests as you were hiking. But it was coming back, though. We had the issue of but you, you, the it, heat and the and the cold. Yeah, and and so the thing is, a long rest in order to Recover. gain a level to relax and whatnot. No, because you can't do that when you're camping. You're out in the wilderness camping, yeah. right? And I think so, that that's become that's become one of the issues is that. The long rest that you have to recover spells and all the rest of it didn't happen for in real time for months and in play time didn't happen for a few days. So there would be this level of exhaustion that you had as a Well and the thing is too is there's only certain things where I instigated, like for example, that Oraki was exhausted made a lot of sense with the things that she was attempting to do that she had that that she so she really needed yeah. to have a proper not hiking long rest like yeah. back in my apartment just okay let's just relax so yeah there were certain things yes that's true when you're and out in the wilderness completely blown out everything that he had yeah he well he, he i think everybody had mm-hmm. pretty much all of their spell yeah. slots used up and and whatnot there what it wasn't like you guys had a lot left and but the thing is again to me everything seemed organic that you got back you needed to rescue princess cream and you knew that karima was missing the day you left on the sand ship. Hmm. And I'm pretty certain that at the end of the day, you guys never expected that the trip was going to be, take you over a week. No. no and that was a, and that was... so you rushed to find the PI, Uther, in order to, to find Princess Karima, because at that point, you didn't know she was kidnapped. You just knew that from Mehmet that, hey, she hasn't reported in. So anyway, yeah, you got back, and then you were certain because as you got back... What, when you were on the hike back into Neber from the Pool of Blood, in the cold of the night, when you were camping at nighttime and when you were long resting during your camp, Oraki was getting visions. Mm. And she was having visions of Karima being locked up. Yes. And so this was what, a big part of the reason why you guys like, okay, we got to go back. And if Karima is actually in trouble, or at least I think this is why you guys went back. I don't know if there was another reason for you guys going back. Our reason for going back was we'd achieved what we, we set out to achieve. But at one point, though, you had been intending to go back to the Pool of Blood. What was well, it that changed it? I think, I know I started seeding that there was, I specifically was started the, seeding there was, there, that there was, there was a series issue of issues. The, the Pool of Blood had disappeared, and we had planned to go back and search the caverns underneath. But there was the Karima issue, there was the but you didn't pallid know the... court, there was the pallid court. We knew Karima had disappeared. But, but you didn't, didn't know, know that, that she was been... kidnapped or, or being beaten, not until later. Yeah. But there was that in the back of your mind, you know, that that's not good. Yeah. There was the issue about the time frame. So there was the pallid court and the GFA, yeah, you wanted to return. which were two things that we'd made commitments to do that we had yeah. to fulfill. Yep. Yeah. 
So they are, I think those were the sorts of things, and also the fact that we weren't in good condition. So we weren't looking too flash. We needed a long rest. We had no food. We had, we didn't have. Yeah, what we that's needed. the other thing. You were completely out of rations too. Yeah, so we didn't have what we needed to continue on. No. So it was would have been a fairly disastrous. I think it would have been fairly disastrous if we attempted to continue on. And so we came back, and so and we came back, walked straight into the the Karima issue, solved the Karima issue. No you guys rest, came back. You'd gone to the pallet court. The first thing you did after getting back is you guys went to the pallet court. It was closed. Yep. And so there wasn't really, going in was of no value because you wouldn't have been able to contact anybody. And so that's when Berrien, who put in a long day because he was there when he arrived in the morning and he was there till 8.30 p.m. at night. But uh, he's like, yeah, come back at night. And you guys left. That's when you went to the Jubilant Nargile to meet up with, well, you wanted to see if there was a, meth, a message from Uther because you told Uther either to contact him. We are rehashing something we've already done. No, I know we are rehashing, but I think the point of this was that it ties together. So you went to, to meet Uther because you wanted to find out. So ultimately, you had her vision on the way back, and that vision, it became truth other than just a vision from Oraki when you found Uther and he let you know that, that shit was going down. So yes, that led you into the sewers. You had to rescue Oraki. And then, of course, finally, you had your, your meeting with the pilot court last week. So they all flowed. And the point to me was there just was never a time of where it was, yeah, okay, we're just going to relax and do nothing. I mean, mm. there was, you know, this event after this event after this. Yeah. So, yes, it might be nearly a year, although it was only two weeks of in-game time. But I feel that the majority of it was all quite organic in its And flow. we've had this conversation before about the fact that you do five days or three days of game time without a break yep. and you end up you, you end up in that state of like I've got no spell slots left, I'm exhausted, it's all yep. it, it's all a bit over the top. Yep. That's just how it is. It is. This is the thing where and, and as you say, we make the break. That's, yes. So it's it's up to us to decide yeah. where you go from here. Yeah. The the fact is is at the end of the day, there are always going to be consequences. For me that was the thing is like this is why I seed things in terms of your decision. Why did you get an itch? Well, there was a consequence to leaving your Vrillstone. Mm. And to me, I was waiting for, I seen two things. Either you came back, you had another discussion with Fatma, and then what happened? If you didn't come back, I was pretty certain that the Tuscali were going to return. And what would they do? Well, they would battle it out with Fatma if, if she so elected. You guys weren't there, so she elected. She was attracted to this location for a reason. Yep. She lost explosion happened yep and now they have yours and her vril stones and mm -hmm. they've attuned to it mm. and eventually caused your break so there is a consequence to the things you guys do there was a consequence that when you left and you'd found out oh do we go look for princess karima or do we go to the pool of blood you chose the pool of blood the consequence of that was that what had happened to her why she was missing led to her getting kidnapped and there was a reason for that and if you had gone to look for her there's a good chance that that kidnapping event would not have happened mm. so to me time passes and the decisions you make have an effect in the game it's not i don't sit there and say okay well this is not going to happen and stuff that, to me stuff happens behind the scenes it always does i try to make it as organic as mm. possible i i it's not every decision you guys make is going to save the world because the fact is is who are you you're only 
level five characters, yeah. you're in the grand scheme of things, you're not that big We're of a deal. Really significant well, I mean, level five is bloody powerful. The majority, none, regular common folk are not even level one. They're level zeros. Yeah. They're just commoners. Like they're 10 across the board type yeah. people. So it's not like they have any uh, special ability. So level five is relevant and is is significant and that's kind of why you guys are starting to have mm. some renown why people are hearing about you meeting came what's that what's that came told you guys that i've heard about you guys mm. and so you know that was the guy who traveled with you guys on on the yeah on the ship uh, on whatever the the sand ship i can't remember its name but so i mean clearly yes you're even though it's been two weeks people are starting to talk about the gray company mm. and at the beginning, you guys didn't even have a name. And now all of a sudden, here we are. Yes, people are starting to talk about the Grey Company. They're starting to have heard that it's not just this group of refugees. There's a name associated with these people. And I'm, do you remember the episode we but had we where we, we talked actually, about that? It's interesting that we, while we have a, a name, we don't have a, a... There is no public perception of what we do. Like we do stuff. We go out and we captured a Tuscali mm. and that... But when we go out to the Blood Lake, no one knows that we went there. No. So we no. go out there and we do that. No. So our reputation hinges around carrying a dead Tuscali back into Pretty a town. Much that. That's about it. That's yep. all there is. Although your reputation, not just that now, your reputation is also about the fact that, and this is what, what Kame had mentioned to you guys, was that he'd heard that you guys were going to be going to out to do something for the Pool of Blood, that you guys were somehow related to something that was going on in Anuasir. And well, what does that mean? Because the pyramid stopped, the pyramid stopped coming out of the sand. But, but Kane's hearing it, not from the public. Yeah, he is. He it heard is. that from the public. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Okay. I thought he heard that from his contacts within the hierarchy, the people that are not level zeros. Because when you say to me that we have a, a, a reputation to me that's the reputation you have with the people that are the level zero people that are wandering yep. around yep and from my point of view i can't see how they'd know anything that we do particularly given the, the, the short Tuscali, time frame. of course was a big thing walking through there but yeah. again people would have heard about the pyramid had stopped coming everybody's been but talking no have, for months no one would have, yeah, but no one would have turned around and said the you know there's a Tuscali. they've got one the pyramid stopped rising let's link the two together they'd go Hey, pyramid stop rising. That's a interesting thing. And there's this bunch of blokes running around with a dead Tuscali. The story coming back from the pyramid, mm -hmm. where the GFA were, probably. But there, gossip, probably there is no story that that would have come back from that. But gossip does get around, right? So, for example, oh, like I'm, again, yes. But the how did Milo? So large. How did Milo know about the real stone? So, to me, how does the general public know? And from my point yeah. of view, I the, the way I look at it is the knowledge would get seeded. Mm. Or even if not, you know that you're getting renowned and who have you learnt this from so far about who's told you that, hey, I've heard about you guys. People that, the, the people that say that to us are people that we would expect to be in the loop higher up. So you look mm. at the Kane Wasset and you think he's in the loop with mm. the higher up people. He do, goes out and does jobs for them. Therefore, he would know, you know while you're out there, there's these five guys running around, don't kill any of them by accident, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, and again, he saved us. So... You know, he was the guy that saved us, so therefore we are, you know, he knows about us, he saved us, he's more powerful than us. You know, he lies there and says, you know, you've got it, you've got it, you've got it, oh damn it, I've got to get out of bed and save you bastards, and that's what he did. 
the funny thing is, is what you guys don't see is I'm sitting here chatting with Mick and he's looking at me and I'm trying to keep a blank face. Yeah, and he's got a <laughs> grin on his face from ear to ear, which is, which is the grin that he gets when I start drawing massive assumptions and he goes like... Yeah, you can see his brain going. Mick's just launched off onto La La Land. He's got a well, totally different... Not, no, it's not that. To me, you're making absolutely logical conclusions. Which could Why be completely would he? wrong. He told you that he heard this stuff from commoners. But yeah. how the hell would he know that? Yeah, so... Yeah, this is just the thing. And again, I'm giving away because we're in the podcast and stuff and like again, that. But Kane Wasset isn't who he said he was. So I he knew who you guys were very specifically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from our point of view, we looked at Kane Wyset and go, here's a guy who knows a lot more than we do. Could be sent out there just to spy on us. Except I, we I think, think that he's a good guy. We think yeah. he's a good guy. We don't think he's a bad guy. I should actually be a little bit more careful of what I'm saying because our podcasts are catching up to real time here yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. So and so... It was all right when we had six months to play with. Yeah, when we had six months to play with, there was a, a big gap of time in which that... but in real life is, is kind of closed that gap up significantly. We we're probably only three. Oh, I think we're only about a month and a half behind now. Six weeks. Yeah. It's a bit close. So and yeah, play, I got I to actually closer, shoot. Uh, I, I got to be a little bit more careful with some of the things I say. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So I've given it away already. He's not who he said he was, but I think, I think I did a good job in selling it that the other guys, I don't think that they, they picked it up. I think that they believed when he said, that he was, because I mean, there was roles in there, and in those roles, he managed to deceive, and you guys weren't aware. So I think the way I led that was that you guys didn't have a clue, and this is just Mick out of character coming yeah. to conclusions and and drawing things, but as in character, shouldn't shouldn't know that he's anything other than what he said he was. Yeah, the conclusion that I draw here out of character is probably the same one I or in character, and that is that he's a good guy and he said this and he knows people we don't know. Yeah. Perception spells yeah. a lot too. In character, out of character, it's hard to create that separation because I know you guys were, were teasing me last week about Jafar with his deep, deep voice <laughs> and I was totally going for the Disney Jafar, you know, skinny as a toothpick, yeah. you know, looks the epitome of a bad dude and that's why I gave him the dark voice was to keep on with that thread, but is he really a bad guy? Well, you don't really know. We don't know. But from how he looks and how he sounds, the assumption is there. Yeah. And I forget someone said that your voice sounds so different and he jumped all over. What are you discriminating against me for? <laughs> I, I love that, throwing that stuff out there, social business into, into things. Anyway, so the guys, you've fallen unconscious. You have some visions. You hear some interesting sounds that mm. associated with that. And I want to labor on the second sound you heard. And do you have any opinions about that second sound and what that might be? There was a second sound, yeah. he says. I'm going to play it. I'm going to see if it will... Yes, if anyone can decipher these sounds, please write in and let me know. <laughs> okay, I'm going <laughs> to... is Crimson Nib. <laughs> I'm going to add in a new track. I'm going to tie that to... This is the fun thing. So we're recording right now, and right now I'm manipulating the software so that I can go and play. No idea what that was. That's really good, because that sounds like that was something played backwards. So if I could pick that up, I could play it backwards and then go, oh, now I know what it says. <laughs> well, anyway, What was the other sound? Either which way. At the end of the day, the other sound was meant to have been the same sound that you heard the chitinous armor sound is oh, where, yeah, where yeah, I wanted yeah. that to be. 
Yeah. So that was the yes. So that was the thing that gave away the. That was the one that, that was the, I wanted so you in character and out of character to come in very clearly that it was the creature that you guys had encountered at the pool of blood. So there are two things that we heard. We heard the, the flying to Scully. We heard the, the voice in a cave, the sound in the cave. We have no idea what it is. Yeah, I guess it sounds, it sounds like a little bit of a reverb of something in the cave. And the other thing too is you, when you did come to, I don't think you talked to them about what you heard. You talked to them yeah, about yeah, what you've seen. No, no. Tell them that I heard it as well. Tell them that I heard the the, the sound of the the voice or the, the the short one in the cave. Didn't tell them I heard the sound of the flying Tuscali. I'd already identified. Did you that, say that one? I, I thought you, you, I'd already identified. I think you that talked about the, that it was a Tuscali that you heard. I don't think. Okay. No, no. It took, I, but either I said, way, this was the sound that I heard, and I knew that it was the Tuscali from the flying sound. So I didn't mention the flying Tuscali mm. sound at all. So yeah, but I did tell them that this was the sound that I heard, but I had no idea what it was, and it was indistinct and. Didn't have a clue. It was, some of the, it was just glossed over. Yeah. I, I heard something, but got no yeah. idea what it was. I think that's pretty much what I, would have, what I said was, I heard it, no idea what it was. And, and of course, we're dialing on. back a bit. So what ended up happening is he fell unconscious. He heard these and experienced these things that I tried to show here in our session that we're recording. But what the guys decided to do was they decided that they're going to take him to a temple to get healed. Yeah. And so they take him to a temple of Bastet in the perfume district, and they find by the time they arrive there, it's close to 9 p.m. They can hear prayers going on inside. They enter in. Akmenis is doing most of the carrying. Elbrum, Elbrum's not that tough, so he's just pretending to be helping by carrying your feet. Mm. But Akmenis just drops you on the floor of the office in the temple where one of the priests is sitting so that you don't interrupt the ceremony. And just drops you down. Of course, you take more damage because he was unceremonious yeah. in it. And the priest kind of looks at you guys strangely, like, what the hell? And you guys are like, hey, heal him. So she heals you. Your wounds disappear, but you stay unconscious. And she's, like, mm. mystified by this. And so she tries something else. And Oraki starts to try to pay attention this time around. And he catches that she's trying to remove a curse from him. And nothing happens. And she's, like, really puzzled. And she's, like, trying to tell the guys that... Ah, that's strange. I mean, there's feelings that you get when things are doing what they're expected to do. This is not like I expected at all. And then all of a sudden, your eyes flip open. Again, she's shocked because she's like, whoa, that wasn't, uh, that was not working the way it should have worked or what I expected it to work. So she was really confused. And at which point you started to tell everybody what we just talked about. about what happened. Yeah. And from there... Well, what does all, all that mean? And I don't know, you did talk to them about tuning and whatnot and about the Vril Stone. And of course, the conclusion of that was like, oh, hell, well, I guess we're never getting Daryl back. Because that ties back to the message of Vril Stone for Daryl. So I well, thought, I thought but, that was... But, but, well, yeah, that's the comment that you pass at that point in time. But again, having gone through that whole experience, yep. I've come out the other side yep. and... I don't have another sensation. I've still got a nagging voice in the back of my head. Not the same as the last time. Well, it's so, this time it's it's not a nagging voice. You just know that something is not right. And at the moment, you are not sure what it is. I knew something wasn't right before, and I well, didn't know what it was. It was a <laughs> nagging itch 
It was, although it was mental, it was something that was bothering you since you'd gotten back and you kept feeling it while the entire time that you're in the sewers. And this is the same. And then it just, you know, it went poof and... and Got replaced by another one. But this one is not a nagging itch. This one is not a sense of, you know, something that you need to scratch. This one is, all right, there's, there's a consequence here and you're just not sure what that consequence is yet. I mean, this is a foreboding... A foreboding, yes. This is like... For sure. There is something is going to happen to us. I have no idea well, what, it, what, what she, it is, but it will be bad. She tried a remove curse, thinking that, well, he didn't wake up. Maybe he's cursed. Maybe I need yeah. to do this. So to me, my logical thinking for her was heal, remove yeah. curse, yeah. some form of lesser restoration, because that's the yeah. amount of an ability of a leading priest in a temple can do. Yeah. So, so she tried the remove curse, and was expecting certain things from a remove curse that she would know and be familiar with. And it wasn't at all what she was familiar with. So she's just like, what the hell? Yep. This is not right. So, and of course she's taking notes of all of this stuff because she's got to do this. And of course, Calidus is like, wait, doctor, patient, whatever, which yeah. was of course not <laughs> relevant at all because there is no doctor, patient confidentiality in this world. They're priests and they report to their, seniors and so they take notes when healings happen and they pass those reports on which should be what you guys noted as being done the last time you were at the temple of bastet to get her curse removed on kaylin because that's exactly what that priest did as well hmm. so either which way she does a remove curse the spell completes and she's talking to the other people saying it's puzzled and then you wake up yeah. And to me, I'm hoping that those have relevant bits of information that, that give you guys some kind of insight into, okay, well... It means absolutely nothing to anyone because we look at that and go, that doesn't make any sense. Hmm. The remove curse didn't remove a curse, so therefore you look at it and go, well, that was a f thing that failed. Woke up anyway, well, that's just nuts. So, yeah, none of it makes any sense. And there's no conclusions you can draw from it. There's no logical conclusions that you can draw from that. You can't. You, you you can turn around and say, "Well, there was a curse. The curse was removed." She said, "This isn't working." Before the removed curse process had had ended. Well, she she healed you. Saw the the wounds healed, and she was like, "Hey, wait a minute. So Why that, didn't he yeah, wake up?" Yeah. So she. So her first step was okay, and everyone looks at that and goes, "Yeah, cure wounds, bruises go. Yep. Blood stops. That's yep. fine." Second step, remove curse, and she was working through that. And before that had finished, she's going, hang on, this isn't working. So she's already acknowledged that remove curse isn't working. And then time passes, and then Calidus wakes up. Yep. So the connection, you, you can't say that the, the remove curse resulted in Calidus waking up. You can't say that he was cursed or wasn't cursed. Well, and you would, expect the remove, you would expect the remove curse if he wasn't cursed to have no effect. So to me, and then it just becomes right. he woke up. Hey, what the heck? He woke up. To me, unrelated the, to everything else that had happened. Yeah. Well, this is why I also had you guys recalling what had happened to Kalen because his curse was very clearly a curse. There was no mistaking about yeah. it. The removed curse, although was not as this one was in terms of a spell casting format, it was a different spell casting format, but it had very specific conclusions to it. He was cursed. He was dying. 
the result of this was the curse was removed. He was no longer dying and, and the curse is gone. Yeah. In this particular case, she wasn't, she was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll try. Why didn't this guy wake up? Is something else going on? And she felt something that was there and it wasn't what she was familiar with in terms of a curse. No. And yet you woke up. Yeah. So she's okay like, because wait a minute, what the hell? So is it a curse or is it not a curse? It doesn't is it actually black matter and white? because in six minutes time, when we get to the next step, I already have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you woke up, you divulged to everybody what's going on. And then at this point, it's like, you know what? Let us go back to the apartment. We're going to get our long rest. And so, yes, you guys do. You get your long rest. And then it's like, okay, what are we going to do? Well, first thing in the morning, Oraki goes out to meet Cyphers' employee, Farouk, to ask him about the card that Milo left about the Vrillstone to trade for Daryl. Now, of course, he'd fixed the door back on Friday, which is four or five days ago. So he's like, well, I mean, I fixed the door in the afternoon. I dropped off a couple of invoices. No, I didn't see anything. But he does say as Oraki is leaving, I don't know, I talk to the urchins. They usually seem to be see every damn thing. So nothing came from that other than my really crappy attempt at an Australian ac accent. And it was really <laughs> sad. Well, it started out It, it started out well, oh. and the first three or four words were really good. I'm going, oh, he's doing Australian. Yeah. And then you slid into this Scottish, Indian, Antarctic, oh, Eskimo yeah. thing. And it was uh, like, hey, but you know, any accent, any accent that doesn't sound like anything you've heard before, it's fine. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Instead of just changing pitch, I wanted to start learning accents. And, oh, my goodness, learning accents That's is hard. a challenge. It, it is, is challenge. I might just stick with hard. changing pitch. But anyways. Oh, no, no, no. Do the accent thing because it's amusing. We've, so, you know, yeah. When you fail, it's great. We love it yeah. when you fail. But anyway, so yes. <laughs> Whether the or not they thing. even knew I failed, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's perfect Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, just no, like Nick. <laughs> no. Well, uh, yeah, okay. There's a hey, point. No, that's an insult. No, no, they would, no, they would no. definitely know that wasn't good Aussie. That's terrible. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, at this point, it was now, didn't find out much. He returned, and the big Akmenos is... Okay, guys. Akmenos does the reveal. I, I want this. I'm on a mission for on a to mission. find the Tuscully. I need to dig up more information. I need you guys' help. Now, and this well, he didn't is ask for information. He just wanted us to help him kill, kill yeah, them. Well, he wanted, I mean... I'm his, not quite sure. He hasn't revealed... Calidus was very clear to him. He was like, why? Who sent you? Yeah, who sent you? And I know he was like, well, I don't know the specific NPC that sent me, but it mm. was the Eternal Lords. And the Eternal Lords is a court, very much like the Council of Sand yeah. is in Perbestat. The Eternal Lords is in the, the yeah. city of Sorcerers, where he's from, in Kush. So it's not one specific person, but okay, that might be a how, that might be a, a who, but the why is still not out there. Well, look, we don't need to know why he's been sent. If he's been sent and that's, his, that's what he has to do, yeah. it adds a, a level of complexity that is eventually going to result in his death because you can't have two masters and you're either with us or you're with your own team. So, well... You know, sorry, mate. You know, there's the door. You're on your you're on your own. Off you go. And there was a little bit of, I think, a bit of awkward silence here as people were trying to figure out, well, how do I respond to that? What do I need to do? Because at this point, it was like, okay, well, now you guys got a free day. What are you going to do? And so I think I egged things a little bit. You know, I did mention, I did use, I did play Kalen a little bit and kind of imply that he's got some repressed memories about the Tuscali. So ideally, mm -hmm. my thinking was. 
push Kalen to try to remember more when when he's back and playing again because he was missing today. But as well, I was like, okay, well, Elbrum, you mentioned that you were going to go look for a black market surgeon and Oraki had, she had her other stuff. And so I think it, it took a bit, it was a little bit of concluding with a shopping episode in terms of, well, let's get this. We need to get some rations. Oraki had to pick up, well, she needed to get some new clothes. And then she tried to have a little bit of a fun with the vendor there. She's just a loose woman. That, that She's funny. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you my used clothes if you give me this, this new clothes for, and with a discount. <laughs> what? <laughs> all right, try your persuasion check. Yeah, yeah that no, work, that yeah. didn't work. So. Yeah, she's old and wrinkly. I mean, it's just not going to work. Yeah. And I mean, the whole thing is, is how good is your charisma when it's a different species? Like, how attracted would they be? To me, Princess Karima is an exception. Mm. And and she breaks the rules in terms of, of how her attractiveness, her charisma, it's not that her charisma is better than what it is, it's just that her attractiveness across species is... It does cross species. It does cross species. The difference, yeah. It Whereas is other things like, would a half-orc be attracted to a, a female gnoll? Yeah. Yeah, I mean is that hotness factor and how well is that to me it works if these species kind of have a middle ground where there are similarities then it might work yeah so i can't see myself being attracted to an orc ultimately you've gone off to look for ink so that you can do some transcribing and other things and other things not just that looking for so i'm doing something else as well having decided where to go to look for my ink yeah Ekmenis is going to return to the library. Uh, Princess Karima and Lieutenant Mehmet are arriving in the morning. And Elbrum hey. has bought a shit ton of Princess hallucinogenic Karima liquor. Princess and Lieutenant Mehmet are arriving in the morning? I missed that one. Next next morning. Are they? Yeah, they, they'd arranged that they're going to come back Thursday morning to check in with you guys. How did we get that message? Oh, that was... Was I asleep at Oh, time? no, that was the day when you had to disappear early. Ah, okay. Yeah, so they were going to come by Thursday morning All right, so in order to have a conversation. So that's the ne- that's I won't tomorrow be there game because time. I'll be shopping. Well, I yeah, you, won't you, be shopping. I'll you've be gone. Else. You found out that there is a couple of places that you'd learned about yeah. where they sell the expensive ink that you need in order to do some transcribing. Yeah. So you're going to go and find the place that seems like it's going to be easier to find that's up in the Linus district. So you're heading that way, which is just behind the Grand Temple. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's so up we'll there. be dropping into the Grand Temple to ask a few questions. Perhaps. We will. Perhaps. We will. We will see because we will. now this is going to test. Are we starting? Because we, we are. Do you remember what happened of, to. We are actually end of day, aren't we? So it's 6 o'clock at night now. It's 12 o'clock now. 12 o'clock lunchtime, isn't it? 12 o'clock lunch when you left. We, yeah, so I'm on my way. So I've got four hours to find that. Well, it's going to take and, you X amount of time to get there, yep. and then once you're there, four hours to find. Yeah. Do you remember Probably what Elbrum encountered when he went up there? He went to the Grand Temple. He went to the Grand Temple, but what? do you remember what he encountered as he entered into the Linus District? No. That, okay, cause that, that might have been because you, were, you disappeared at that point, too, because you were feeling off. He encountered something uh, on the way into the... The Linus District was basically blockaded by the Merchant Guard. So there's no City Guard in the Linus District. No. It, they are immune to that because they are more lofty. They're the rich. Yeah. They're, they're the 1%. So they used the Merchant Guard up on top, and they blockaded the entrance. 
And so to the Linus district into the Linus district. And so Elbram had to Elbram got passed because he was like, look, I got this leaf here. I got to go to the dome. Yeah. And so he managed to get through and go to the dome because they're like, whoa, is that thing contagious? You stay away. What the hell is that? Ah, okay. So that's so what, what you're, you're going basically to. saying is I'm not going to get past the guard. I'm not saying anything at all. You're, yeah. you're going to go up yeah. there and see and see what you will see. Okay. Challenging. Anyway, we've got to wrap things up. This was very, very quick kind of hodgepodge this session, jumping all over the place, mostly because time is not my friend today and mm. I've got to run off. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed this week's conversation and I will see you guys again in just one more week. Cheers. Hello, good people of the interwebs. This episode is now done, dusted, and finished. I do hope you enjoyed it, and I'll be back in just one week.